Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. My name is Jay Zawoski with me, Greg Boyson. And Mario Tirabasi. We're presented by Points Bet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars. But that's not it. If you make a fifty dollar or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's two thousand dollars in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a fifty dollar or more. First time deposit at points bet. Remember, use that code CHGO. Mario, Greg, thanks for joining me here. Appreciate talking to you fellas. And we've got a lot to get to today. We're going to play Derek King's post game comments from the game against Seattle on Thursday night. We're going to get to some Marion Hosa conversation and answer a question that was posed by the Athletic last week Are the Blackhawks too good with Alex DeBrinkett and Patrick Kane? We may have found our answer to that question over the last handful of games. How's it going, fellas? It's good. Good. It's, it's weird doing good. one of these and not seeing you guys. So. Yeah. It is, it is very strange, uh, but uh, we'll make do. Yeah, it's the first time we've done one of these that does not have the YouTube feature. So if you're listening to the podcast, we appreciate it. But most, the vast, vast majority of our podcasts will be done live on YouTube. So make sure you subscribe to the CHGO Sports YouTube channel. Wherever you're listening to the podcast, make sure you subscribe there. Those five-star reviews are always very helpful for us. We appreciate those as well. So, fellas, let's start with uh, last night's game. And, and I, I think w- the thing we want to focus on the most here is Derek King's post-game response. And, and for the last few weeks, we've been talking about you know, his future as the head coach of the Blackhawks. We all sort of agree that he's a fine enough fit for the beginning stages of the rebuild. Uh, and, and hearing his post-game comments um, – you know, sort of shed a light on how he handles things when they're not going well. So before we get into it, why don't we play the comments here? Uh, this is courtesy of ChicagoBlackhawks.com. Give it a listen. I mean, we should have had we should have had a couple of goals, obviously, but we didn't. Um, no urgency and uh, too many passengers. Simple. That's it. In a nutshell, Langs played a great game. He had no support and. Um, I'm going to have to address that. So that so I give him a day off. Yeah. Is that weird? Because you guys dominated the, the first shift. Was... First shift, I thought, oh, here we go. And then the ice got tilted. 
then we were just not very good. I thought we responded after I talked to them in between periods. I thought the second period would come out. We played a better period. Um, wasn't lopsided or anything. We had some opportunities. And the third, at, you know, we had some good looks on the power play. You don't score. When you don't, in the second, we don't score on a five-on-three. The chances of winning the game is pretty slim. Um, so, you know, something something we just got to keep, start being positive with them still and try to fight through it. What are you seeing there? It's like, you know, two minutes, you think you've got to score. Two minutes, five-on-three. Yeah. Yeah, they just kind of like stood there and were stick-handling and looking at each other. And they didn't create anything. They just kind of stood there instead of getting a little movement going, you know. Uh, but that's what we have. That's that's our power play. Those guys are, they're good. When they're on, they're on. And we've all seen it, right? And they just, just were off a little bit tonight. So, um, but I want to see more urgency. I know we only, we're not playoff team. We're not. Guys are fighting for jobs, maybe for next year. We're getting, you know, looked at from above, and uh, some of these guys don't have any urgency. They gotta get urgency in their game and show what they can do if they want to stay in this league. What have you know, the losing streak is up to, to six games now. Is it a battle not to check out and to keep them from coasting? Yeah, it's that's always the battle when you're in this position is to keep these guys focused and battling and, and competing. Uh, and get the urgency back in their game. Um, they got to find that. I can't teach it. I can't get on the ice and help them and show them how to do it. They have to figure a way to do it. And if you don't do it, you won't play in this league long. That's how guys play a long time in the league because they compete almost every night. It's not always going to be perfect. You cannot play a 1,000 games straight like Jonathan Taves and every game is perfect. You cannot do it. Nobody's done that. But if you want to stay in this league, you better be consistent with your compete level. And right now, we got a bunch of guys that are not consistent with their compete level. You knew coming in how hard they were in the forecheck and their benching. Yep. What, where, where, was, where was the, the breakdowns and the breakouts in the first period? We just, we, we, we were standing still. We were just staring at them. And when we got the puck, we weren't moving our feet. We stick handled. and. By the time it's one steamboat, two steamboat, and they're on you. And next thing you know, it hits a shin, it stays in your end, and they just kept. That team played the way we should have played. They just, they came hard, they put pucks to the net, and they went to the net, and they recovered pucks well. And when they, uh, you know, when they were in the D zone, they, they closed uh, tight, they closed quick, and all they did was either rim a puck or they just flipped it out, and they always had guys going. And we just got stuck in the tracks watching them. So, But they played with some urgency. We didn't. Is there any anything that you can do or anything, uh, anyone that you need to talk to on the team to kind of spark that motivation? I need to talk to my mental skills coach myself, I think, after this. Um, no, it's just it's trying to get them, just work them in practice, keep them competing in practice, uh, whether it's small battle drills and, and just keep, in their ear about competing and finishing this right because we owe it. We owe it to the fans. We owe it to the the organization. I mean, we all get paid pretty good money to be a part of this team. So uh, you know, you don't just fold the tent. You know, be a good professional about it, and that that'll be a message. Keep pounding it in them.
There you go. That's Derek King after last night's uh, 2 nothing loss to the Seattle Kraken. And it's hard to argue with anything he's saying. He's fair. He's honest. You know, and I know early on he stressed the positivity and, and all those things that he's kind of become famous for in his short time here. But uh, he said it. It's up to the players to care. It's up to the players to commit and compete. And over the last six games, save for a few shifts here or there and the portions of the Buffalo game, they haven't really done that. Yeah, it sounds like a coach that knows what the problem is, has told the players what the problem is, but the problems don't go away. Um, and that, that's got to be extremely frustrating. Um, so we're seeing a lot of the same things we saw with this team when Jeremy Colleton was the coach, not playing a full 60 minutes, not being ready to, to play at the, at the start of the game so on and so forth and there's it's a lot of things that i criticize jeremy colleton's for the coach is supposed to have the team ready that that still applies with Derek king behind the bench but at what point do you go okay maybe all of this isn't necessarily a coaching issue and maybe it's a personnel issue maybe we just don't have guys that want to be here and you need to identify those guys that no longer want to be here and give them what they want and tell them okay you don't want to be here don't be here. We'll find guys that do want to be here. Um, it, it, the surprising part is some of these younger players that just seem to, to as as Derek King says, you know, sleepwalk through through games or, or just not be ready. Those are the guys you would think we'd see the most emotion from, the most, uh, you know, compete level from. And some of those guys are the ones that are, are, are guilty of this, and that's the surprising part. These are the guys that that need to be competing for for their jobs going forward whether it's with the blackhawks or it's with somebody else you know you can i don't want to say you can excuse a guy like calvin dehan or, or jonathan taves or a veteran for maybe not pushing the, the pedal down you know, there's no excuse for it at this level but you can kind of say i get it like they're disappointed or or whatnot but um you know maybe it's those guys that are rubbing off on the young guys so there's there's I think there's more of a personnel problem in the Hawks locker room right now than, say, a coaching problem. I think King's done a good job of making things simple and putting guys, for the most part, in positions to succeed. After that, it's up to the players to do their jobs, and not enough of them are doing it right now. I think what's interesting is that people say about Derek King at this point in the season and with the same kind of the same things, like you said, Greg, Greg, the same things that we're kind of seeing with Colleton. I think people are starting to say, oh, they need a new voice. You know, they, they don't, you know, they don't respect King or things like that. But to that point, you know, this is now a, cha- a, a second coach that has come in and we're seeing, like you said, some of the same things, not being able to start on time, not being able to have a consistent effort, not having, you know, certain guys engaged at the right times and, and of, of games and, and whatnot, and I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's not the coaching voice that needs to change. Maybe it's the leadership voices that need to change. Maybe it's the, you know, maybe it's it's the players that these young guys are looking to as examples <clears throat> that might be the ones that are kind of, you know, not pulling not pulling their weight at this point of the season. Um, yeah. Like you said, I I can understand being you know this this season from a fan standpoint from you know covering the team 
This has been an exhausting season, uh, both on and off the ice. And I can only imagine for the players what it's been like to actually go through everything that's, that's been happening since last summer. Over the last, basically, over the last 11 months, everything tied around the team off the ice and then everything that's happened on the ice and being a part of the problems on the ice, I can only imagine just, you know, seeing the final dozen games on the schedule and just thinking, get me the hell to May and and get to the off season. I can understand that. For sure. But at the same time, the same the 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 point that Derek King makes in in his comments is that, you know, this this is their jobs. They are professional hockey players. They have to act as professionals and they get paid handsomely to do that. And if you're not if you're not showing it if we were to not show up to our jobs, ready to go, ready to you know put on, put a, put in a good sh- put on a good show, put in a you know put our efforts into our writing, our podcasting, or whatnot, we would be told like, hey, like something something's something's missing here, and you got to figure it out. Right. And it's the same for them. They, the 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 season's coming to an end, but that doesn't mean you just coast. You have to continue to put in efforts. And this is a team. I said it last night. This is a team that's trying to set an identity, and you can't do that with these young players not seeing the kind of effort that is going to be expected of them going into next season. If they, you know, if if, if the Blackhawks coast through the through April and the rest of the month to finish the season, what tone does that set going into the off season, going into the summer training camp, and into next season? You you have nothing to build off. Of. Right. Yep, and and you mentioned this is the second coach that has had trouble getting them going. Don't forget, Joel Quenville was sort of fired for the same reason too, right? A lot of these guys, not not the majority of them, but a lot of the guys in this roster were there were here when Q got fired too, and that was sort of the thing then. Is the message had worn thin, and maybe the players weren't listening anymore, and it was just time to make a change. Then you made another change. Then you made another change, and we're mm-hmm. still seeing the same thing. And we talked a lot about the toxic nature of the veterans being around when they really didn't like Colleton, right? Seabrook, Keith, Taves, those guys were unhappy with Colleton, and it was creating a negative atmosphere around the team, right? And when you are a young player, and just like we talked about with Marion Hosa in a positive way, when you're a young player and you see the stars on your team, the legends, the guys that are going to have you know plaques in the Hall of Fame, rolling their eyes at the coach or, or, or moping around or being unhappy about the situation, that's, that's really bad. And, look, I, you know, Jonathan Taves has, has sort of expressed, like, eh, you know, I've, I've thought about going elsewhere, and I don't think Taves is, is a problem necessarily, but this is why I took such issue with that. You've got a young, influential team, and they look up to him, and, and, and if he's making those pub- comments publicly, who knows how he's acting behind the scenes. And, again, I don't think Jonathan Taves or anyone is like intentionally trying to, you know, undo Derek King or anything like that. I think the losing is getting to him, especially because they're so competitive and they've won so much in the past that it's really, really hard to go through this. But you've got to be careful to not let that attitude rub off on the young players. And Greg and I mentioned it last night, Mario. You know, Taylor Radish and Boris Kachuk come over, and it looks like you know they're playing with their their asses on fire. Then they're here for a week or two, and eh, they're just kind of fading into the background again, you know? So 
That, that to me is a question that needs to be answered is where is this problem coming from? Who specifically? And I know that Derek King is not going to say the following players have quit. Right? right. But I would like to know, are you upset with the veterans? Are you upset with the kids? What specifically is is missing that is, you know, that the team isn't ready for? He shouldn't have to come to the locker room every game and say, OK, remember, play 60 minutes. Be ready to go. Like it, it, They're professionals. This is the National Hockey League. No coach should have to go in there and do that. I guarantee you, Joel Quenville in the 2010, 13, 15 seasons didn't go in and remind the guys to play 60 minutes of hockey. These are professional players. And to me, right now, a lot of what's happening now is on the players. And Derek King sort of alluded to that himself. Yeah, I agree. I think it's time. You guys, at some point, you got to start holding the players accountable for what's going on here. Coaches can only do so much. Coaches come up with the lineups. Coaches, you know, implement certain strategies. It's still up to the players to execute. And, you know, you know, people may say, hey, I'm defending King when I am for these same things. I criticize Carlton. But I also criticize Carlton because a lot of his strategies and lineups were just awful. Yeah. (laughs) That's not necessarily a, a problem with King. So when you when you get to this point, as you just said, Jay, these guys are NHL players. They've been doing this their whole lives. They don't need to have their hand held and say, don't forget to play really hard this shift. Don't forget to shoot the puck on the power play. The, 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 that, the, that's, that's done in, in, in midget league. You know, That's done in, in U14 league. That's not done in the NHL. You got here because you know how to do these things. So either do them or go get a day job somewhere else. That's the point I'm, I'm at right now. If you don't want to do it here for these last few games because you're you're, you're, you're you're sad that you're not going to make the playoffs. Well, you're not going to make the playoffs because you guys have played like this the entire season. Yep. So maybe end the season on a high note. Those guys that want to be here going forward, play play like it. Show me. Show me. Show, no, don't show me. Show Kyle Davidson. Show Derek King that you want to be here. Well, that, yeah, that's, just, that's the thing is you've got a new GM who has shown the willingness to make unpopular moves, right? Trading Brandon Hagel was an unpopular move, but it was the right thing to do. If – Derek King and Kyle Davidson get together for their exit interviews, and Derek King says the following players flat out quit this season. I, and I'm not naming names because I don't know. It's really hard to tell just watching a game on TV who's playing hard and who's not. But the coach knows, and the players know. And if he goes to Kyle Davidson and says these three guys or these four guys have been really a negative influence on the rest of the team, I don't think Kyle Davidson is scared to make a deal. There's nothing I've seen from him so far in his tenure as interim and then full-time GM that shows me that he's scared of anybody or scared to make any moves. So that's what surprises me is there's a lot of guys on this team that are vying for not only roster spots in the Blackhawks, but frankly jobs in the NHL. And and if if they're coming out flat, not not given everything they've got, and you're right, it is. T- Look, I just left the job a couple weeks ago. And was it tough for me to give 100% the last week? Absolutely. Absolutely it was. But it is your job. And you have to find a way to, you know, get your mind in the right headspace to do what you're required to do. Uh, of course, they're human beings. And, and it's natural to sort of be, we're almost done. Let's get to the golf course here, right? But like King said, you owe it to the fans. You owe it to every, your teammates who are out there balling out to give everything you've got for 11 more games. It should not be that big of a – not a huge ask to do that. 
if if there's a list on Kyle Davidson's desk, two lists. One list says, guys, I want to come back next year. Mm-hmm. And the other list that says, guys, I'm driving to the airport the second the last <laughs> game is over. Yeah. <laughs> right now, I would have to guess that second list has more names on it than the guys he's asking to come back next year. Yeah. Well, and the thing, too, is, like, with not only just with the veterans, but it's with the young players. Like, like Davidson came out and was very clear, like, okay, we're rebuilding. We're going to be, you know, it's going to be a longer process. The messaging has to be that, you know, not, not just, okay, we're rebuilding, we're investing in our young players. The messaging has to be, you know, we are rebuilding. We're going to be investing in young players, but you have to prove that you are one of the young players we're going to invest in. Just because yep. you're 22, 23, 24, doesn't mean that you're guaranteed a spot. Doesn't mean that you're guaranteed to be here for the long haul or even for next season. So, if you know, if if it's the young players that are thinking, oh, okay, well, I, you know. I have two more years left on my current deal. Uh, you know, I'm I'm ju- I just got here. I've I'm usually a, a you know a, a lineup regular. Maybe I maybe I'm fine going into next season. No, you need to show that hey, even though we've expressed this is going to be a rebuild, there's going to be some hard hard days, hard seasons ahead. You have to show that you're willing to put in 100% effort, and you're in as a player for the rebuild. Because if you just say, if you just rest on the fact that you're young, you have a contract or you're young and this team is looking for young players to give an opportunity to, that doesn't guarantee that you're part of the rebuild. Right, So <laughs> young is not the only requirement. <laughs> right, yeah, so yeah. I mean, look at Brandon Hagel. He was young, he was really good. He was, you know, for all intents and purposes, like he was a player that you would say, that kid is part of the rebuild and then gone. Right. Because not because not not obviously not calling out his effort. He was one of the players that always gave an effort, but because his value was so high. But that was a player that was like if, if you know, we heard it. If Hagel's not not safe, like who really is? No one. No one is. No one's guaranteed this a spot next year, whether you're, you know, locked into a no move clause or if you're a, a, a free agent at the end of the season. Like no one should really be guaranteed anything on paper or um, outside of, you know, being on paper. But you have to, you have to go out and, and, and earn these things, earn this, earn the ability to say like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here, I've earned this spot, I've earned this playing time, I've earned this power play time, I've, you know, all, the, all these things. The mentality has to be that there's not going to be things just given to you because you're Jonathan Taze, because you're Patrick Kane, because you're Jake McCabe or whatever it is. Like, you have to go out and, and earn those things. And I, I, I really can't say, like you said, Greg, that first list is probably a little smaller than the second list of players who are earning those, those spots going into next season. Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's almost shocking to me that that Hagel trade didn't just you know, light a fire under everybody saying, oh, my God, like if he can go, anyone can go, and I need to show everything I've got here before the end of the year. And it's... It's kind of been the opposite. And I think, honestly, fellas, like we were sort of pleased with the first two or three games after the deadline. They came out and they did play hard. But then all of a sudden, it, it just falls apart. And that Buffalo game seems to have effectively ended the Hawks season. Like that was just so demoralizing for them 
that they still have not recovered from that. And when you still have veterans like Taves, like Kane, like, you know, Murphy's not playing, but he's there, uh, like DeHaan, someone's got to grab these young players by the scruff and be like, hey, let's go. It's it's one loss to Buffalo. It doesn't mean we're going to fold the tents on the season. That's, that's what's really frustrating for me. So I, I hope that, you know, maybe as the season wraps up and we've got these, you know, exit interviews uh, that we get some sort of clarity on maybe not who exactly, but what group of guys was the problem here? Hey, the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use that code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions about this or are experiencing any issues, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we'll help you out. It's your home for live in-play betting and it just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's new feature, Live NBA Same Game Parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect Live NBA Same Game Parlay only with PointsBet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. And if you want more, you can always boost your live same game parlays. Watch live, parlay live, and boost live with points bet. And remember, online sign-up is available now in Illinois. Wherever you are, you can open up that app and register your points bet account from start to finish in your underwear. You could do it in the shower. Wherever you are, you can sign up with points bet. Remember to use that code CHGO when you do. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Fellas, my uh, CHGO Bulls shirt arrived today. Uh, Mario, I know you wrote a really great piece of content today that we're going to get into here shortly about Marion Hosa on allchgo.com. So you want to become a member. uh, That $50 first-time deposit to points bet is one of the many ways in. You can also go to allchgo.com and check out our membership there. Um, so last week, fellas, uh, an article was written in the athletic asking the question, if Patrick Kane and John and Patrick Kane and Alex to stick around for next season, does that make the Blackhawks too good of a team to have a real rebuild? Like, will they be bad enough with those two guys on the team? And <laughs> I know it's a short sample size, but after the last six games, I'm going to say yes. They are capable of being bad enough with those two guys on the team. Yeah, yeah I mean, these guys um, have been on the team for the last couple of years, and what have we gotten out of it? So I, I, right. I, I think we have our answer. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not worried about the performance of, of Kane and Debrinka impacting the team and the rebuild. It's, it's kind of, it kind of comes down to how much are they going to cost, right? Because Alex Dabrinkit is 100% going to get a major pay increase. And whether that's in Chicago or not makes a difference. Because if it's in Chicago, you're kind of looking at, you know, if you extend Patrick Kane and you extend Alex Dabrinkit, that, that basically means that either Jonathan Taze has taken a major pay cut 
or he's gone. Right. So does losing, it, it really just feels like, and you're getting Seth Jones's contract extension kicking in. Right. So if you lose Jonathan Taze and you extend and increase Alex Zabrinka and you're increasing Seth Jones, the cap space that you're working with doesn't really change. So, and I know this isn't a team that's going to be spending towards the cap, but you also, like, it's not bad to have some flexibility, even with some, some young players. So, if, you, if you're extending Kane, extending to Brinkett, you have Jones's extension kicking in, hopefully in the three, four-year period in which they're back to contending for the postseason and, and potentially, you know, making some, some noise in the postseason, how much cap room are you actually going to have to work with to, for instance bring in a type of player like when they brought in Marion Hosa, bring in that kind of type of player where, you know, a piece that can put you over the top in that scenario, how much cap space are you going to have to, to do something like that? Yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't know if I worry enough about them being too good to rebuild around because obviously, like you guys have said, both of them have been here the last few years, plus a couple other players that were still playing pretty well and they've they've been this bad so there's other ways that this team can tank itself without having to worry about Patrick Kane and Alex Dabrinkit you know performing to star level uh, abilities yeah you know so as it is now obviously Kane makes 10 and a half million until the end of next season Alex Dabrinkit makes 6.4 and then he becomes an arbitration eligible restricted free agent I'd like to know you know what are the what what's the risk reward for the Hawks taking him to arbitration, right? Like, I think they're probably better off just signing him to ex, an extension before that happens, right? Yeah. And, and just have the new deal kick in after twenty twenty three twenty four season. I wonder if you can have a world where just you basically flip Kane into Brinkett's salaries because you're not going to re-sign Kane for ten and a half million. I'm sorry, you're just not. But Kane at six point five for two years. You think he's going to take six point five? I don't know. I don't. Does he want to stay here, or does he want to? Does he want to go elsewhere? That's the question, right? Like, what That's... motivates Patrick Kane now? Does he want to become the Hawks' yeah. all-time leading scorer, which is attainable with another contract, or does he want to go try to win somewhere? And that's the question that Kyle Davis needs to answer, right? Like, what's more important? Do you want to be above Stan Mikita in Blackhawks history and probably never be caught ever, or do you want to try to go win somewhere else? That, and that's because if he, he has yeah. to understand Patrick Kane's a smart dude. He, he has to understand that if he's staying here, he's not going to get market value. There's no way. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. But it's also like that's such a drastic that's such a drastic change in, in, in decrease for a guy who's still putting up. He's going to have his third best season of his career this yeah. season. Like he. Like you said, like he's a smart guy. He knows his value. So, yeah, yeah. I, that would. I mean, I mean, I, I don't see them just extending him at the same cap hit. But I don't also see him sticking around for that that much of a decrease in in his pay. I don't know. Well, the, the good news with that is they don't have to make that decision this off season. So let's see if he right. has another third best season of his career next year. Maybe he has a major drop off, and then that six point five million doesn't seem that far fetched. Or, you know, maybe Patrick Kane doesn't want to be here. To, in my personal opinion, and I know it's an unpopular one, but 
if you're going to do this rebuild right, you trade Patrick Kane this summer and get as much as you can for him while his value is still high. That's how I would do it, but, you know, I don't make those decisions, and Kyle Davidson can't do that until Patrick Kane gives him the okay to. So um, I know going forward, you know, the Kane talk, does he come back after this contract? Man, that's a, that's a really good discussion, and we can probably dedicate an entire week of episodes in the offseason just on that topic. But to me, I'm just going to let this summer play out, see what Patrick Kane decides, um, if he decides he doesn't want to get traded this summer, then, you know, maybe, the, you know, they can start that extension talks and see what it's like. Uh, but with, with the Blackhawks right now, it's going to be one season at a time until there's like a new core identified and you're ready to, to start competing again. So personally, I'm not going to get all worried about what the salary cap's going to look like in 2024, 25. There's so many different things that can happen between now and then. Um, you know, the Taves money is going to come off the books after this next season. And even if he comes back, there's no way he's getting anything close to that. So that cap hit. So then you, you switch Taves and Debrinkit's salary or, De, or Taves' salary is gone completely. So there's a lot of different ways this can shake out. Definitely a lot of good debates we can have. Well, I, I just think that they need an answer from Kane soonish. Like, you need to know this summer. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think because if he says he he doesn't want to be traded, then, then you can start saying, okay, do you want to be here after this year? Because we don't want to keep you here and then lose you for nothing exactly. the following summer. That's the fear. Is right. you lose is as you get to you get to the end of twenty twenty two, twenty three, he's a, it's you know, it's it's the last day of June and free agency's about to start and he's like, I wanna stay here but I want what I'm worth and then you lose Patrick Kane for nothing. That's right. that's a nightmare. Right. You either well, need I, him back or you need to trade him. Those are the conversations you have to have starting May first of this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. you need to sit down and say, "What are you? What do you want to do, Patrick? If you want to stay here, we'll go do everything to accommodate that. But if you have any inkling that you want to go elsewhere, let's get that done now. Let's just pull the bandaid off and get that done now. I'll, you know, Kyle Davidson. I'll, I'll take, I'll, I'll jump on the hand grenade here. I'll be the bad guy here. I'm, I've got tough skin. I've got thick skin. I could do it. They, they need to know that answer now because if he just says, no, I don't want to get traded and then you get nothing for him the following summer and he goes and signs with the Rangers anyway, that's 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 worst case scenario. That's really, really, really bad. So I think they they need to figure that out this summer and, and you know, go, you have to have an answer to that before the, the, the puck drops on next season. Yeah, yeah, but both both Tays and Kane's futures need to be figured out this summer, if you ask me, because I I cannot imagine going into next season having both of them, a on the roster and b on expiring contracts, because the amount of a distraction that that would would cause to the team. Because look, like it's it's inevitable. We're we are just going to continually ask the question of. What's the plan with John Tays, Patrick Kane? What's happening with them? What's happening with them? What's their future? It's what, the biggest what are we story. doing with them? It's exactly, it's and it impacts huge. everything. And it would, and it would completely derail the idea of, like, you know, getting getting excited about the future because now you're not looking at the future. You're looking at the next few months of, are these the last games that Jonathan Tays and Patrick Kane play for the Blackhawks? And it's just going to continuously be distracting from 
trying to build something new. And you know, the three of us sat in on the on the season ticket uh, membership meeting that that the Blackhawks had recently. And they're, they're you know, ninety three percent of tickets are either flat or decreasing, but they still need to sell those tickets. Yeah. So if you go into next season with Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane, like yeah, you're still going to sell tickets. It's it's you're probably not going to have much of a of a change in the success of the team. You know, if, especially if you're dedicating to rebuilding. But if you go into this summer and you go go through this summer into next season and you have the plans in place for Taze and Kane's future, whether they're here in Chicago or elsewhere, you can go into next season with at least those questions answered and the tickets are either going to drop off and you deal with it or, you know, people still invest because Patrick Kane's still here or Jonathan Taze is going to stick around, but he's taking a pay cut, or whatever else needs to happen. This this summer, with with the draft and with free agency and with the questions of Debrinka and Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze, those all need to be answered before we get to training camp next season, in my opinion, because that start of next season has to be the official like, okay, rebuild blueprint. Here's here's the starting point right now. This is. This is the rebuild, and this is what it's going to look like. Because you you can't go in with these questions looming over them, because it it just it's just going to distract from everything else that needs that needs to happen. And I know the rebuild is not going to be finished in this summer, but it 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 has to be it has to start off on the right foot. The trade deadline was the right was was the right start with moving Hagel for what they could and Mark Andre Fleury for what they could, but then it's the draft, it's free agency, and it's figuring out. They're the two the two biggest pillars of the team figuring out what their future is. It's either here or elsewhere. Yep. Hey, uh, Mario wrote a great pre- piece on allchgo.com today. Uh, go there, become a member. You get access to our podcasts and live shows on every team every day. Obviously, the post game shows, premium written content for all members at allchgo.com. Access to our dope merch for every team in town. You get a free shirt when you become a member and access to our members-only Discord, the CHGO Lounge. We spent some time in there. I know Mario did an AMA in there yesterday. We are sharing some exclusive photos from the Marion Hosa presser uh, in the Discord as well. So lots of value in that CHGO membership. So jump on there and check out all the cool stuff on there, including Mario's latest piece on Marion Hosa uh, at allchgo.com. Mario, why don't you uh, set the premise of what you wrote today, and we'll get into the topic a little bit here on the podcast. Yeah, so obviously yesterday uh, evening was the announcement of uh, Marion Hosa signing a one-day contract with the Blackhawks, retiring officially as a black member of the Blackhawks, and on top of it, uh, his number 81 is going to be retired by the team uh, next season. So that was you know a, a big deal yesterday, and... What, what I wrote for allchgo.com is that the, the retirement of Hosa's number, it's coming before Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane and Duncan Keith. Like, obviously, those guys are still active, but it's coming before those numbers. And it's kind of setting a precedent for that, like, second tier of player from the modern era of the Blackhawks where, you know, they, they were kind of on the fence of, you know, where, where does their legacy stand as far as, the honor of having their number retired. And Hosa was kind of the top of that like second tier that also includes like Brent Seabrook and Corey Crawford and like Patrick Sharp and Nicholas Jalmerson. Like these kinds of players that, you know, they were they were great. They were like key members of those modern era teams, but were they worthy of 
having their individual numbers retired. I know, you know, there were some discussions about some sort of like group honoring of like the modern era teams. Um, but with Hosa getting retired, it was kind of kind of opens that door a little bit wider for some of those players to have a little bit more of individual commemorations. And then also in the piece, you know, I, I, I delved into some of the players um, from before that modern dynasty of, of the three cups in six years who definitely deserve to have an honor of, of having their number retired, but still haven't. And kind of why Hosa happening is, is a little weird to see while those other players are, many of them overdue for that honor, are still waiting for that from the Blackhawks. Yeah, I think I'm, I, when we talk about overdue retirements, uh, it's Steve Larmer is the first one to come to mind. Um, just the level of disrespect, I'm not saying disrespect, but I guess lack of appreciation um, mm -hmm. for Larmer from the Hawks and from the league. The, the fact that he's not in the Hall of Fame is ridiculous. It's it's just weird. Like, it, like what what is it about? I wish I could get a straight answer. What is it about Steve Larmer that everyone seems to have forgotten that he's one of the best power forwards of all time? Right. And was what more than a point per game player for the Blackhawks in his time here? He played a crap ton of games for the Hawks too. Yeah, in his entire career, he's he's a point per game player, and yeah, over a point per game. Um, in his time with the Blackhawks. I don't know. I, I, know, I, 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 know I really that, don't know. <laughs> the thing didn't end well with Larmer, but you yeah. got to remember when Bill Wirtz was in charge, nothing ended well. Uh, no. Chelios didn't end well. Ronick didn't end well. Amante didn't Bob, end well. And Bobby Hall didn't end well. Like everything, they, they yeah. Everything, brought him back. Everything went poorly. So, yeah, that, and I said that last night in the show, and I, I know you weren't uh, there. It, it did surprise me that that was the first announcement made that it was Hosa. Um, but look, you're right though. I think so. I have like a, I have a list here of the locks to have their jerseys retired: Hosa, Taves, Kane, Keith. That's for yeah. sure. Probably Seabrook because you can also tie that to Chris Chelios, right? Yep. I would say probably Corey Crawford. Yeah, I, I would have no issues with that. It's just I feel like if you do Crawford, you also got to do Ed Belfour. He didn't win anything here, so that's he won. He won. I mean, he, he he had no, but he had some of his best seasons of his career here. And no, he no had some, he, he had such an impact on you know that '80s '90s era of of Blackhawks hockey. Yeah, he had, he had an impact on a lot of second round playoff exits, and I love Eddie Belfort. But I mean, the bottom line is, Corey Crawford won two cups. Um, that's the yeah. difference maker to me. And I love Eddie Belfort. He's one of my top three goalies of all time for the Hawks. But I don't know if I retire his number, so to speak. What about Nicholas Jalmerson? No, I don't. Because, again, I love Nicholas Jalmerson. But, I mean, at some point. Yeah, I draw a line, right? You gotta you gotta save some numbers here. Like you can't <laughs> right, you can't retire every number from those 2010, 2013 teams. Um I think that's what kind of made Hosa a little easier decision is because he wear, wore such a unique number. No one ever, no one has ever worn it, and no one will ever wear it again. The only 81 in, in team history. It wasn't yeah. like he was number five or number 25 or one of these numbers that gets repeated all the time. Number 11 is a popular one amongst Hawks, part-time Hawks. Um, Crawford is another one. If they retire him, he, again, a unique number. I mean... Number 50 it's is a goal, always going to be a... Number. 
Yeah, and it's always going to be associated with Corey Crawford. 81 is always going to be associated with Marion Hosa. Even if they didn't retire it, everybody will say that's Marion Hosa's number. So those those make those decisions easy. Um, you know, and I agree Larmer should be retired and and I think the reason that Hosa gets it before Larmer, even though Larmer should have been done years ago, um, is because this current fan base knows Marion Hosa. Yeah. A lot of this current fan base never saw Steve Larmer play. Yeah, I don't like. I don't think retiring Larmer's number sells tickets in not any like a Marion Hosa does nah, no. in any effective way. No, I mean Steve Larmer is not getting that pop that Marion Hosa heard on Sunday night if he walks out on the United Center ice. There'll be there'll be us graybeards in the three hundred level losing our stuff, but the, the people that joined on in 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 two thousand ten, at you know as a as a junior high student. They're going to go, who the hell is this old guy? Right. Oh, my dad used to tell me about this guy. Ugh, I'm more upset it, that he's not in the Hockey Hall of Fame. That green. that drives me up the wall. That Guy Carboneau is in it and Steve Larmer is in it is, is a joke to me. Uh, I thought for sure when Larmer was part of that 94 New York Rangers Cup winning team, that was that was like put him over the edge. Yep. That was it. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe we just... Just people don't like him for whatever reason. He's, I've met him a couple times. He's always been a nice guy to me. So, you know, I don't get it. What about Ronick? I guess when they retire Lucas Reichel's number, they can just do Ronick's too? Yeah, you can do a, you can do a Reichel, yeah. Reichel uh, Johnny Oduya, oh, Adam Boquist combination. Yeah. But can you really, like, can you, can you retire a jersey for a guy that just looked way much better without a shirt on in, in Johnny Oduya's yeah. case? Oduya's banner would just be, like, abs. It's just, it's a, just, just, be a, a picture of, just a picture, picture of, of chest hair. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, Ronick, you know, I wrote about it in the piece. Ronick, it, it's crazy to me that he's still not in the Hall of Fame. Yep. And, and obviously, in the last few years, he hasn't helped his case in, in, in the public perception. But just the the longevity of his career, how good he was for how long he played, like and the way he played, and yeah, the way he played, like it was it was he was not a, a guy that played a style that you would have thought he was going to last, you know, combined regular season playoffs over fourteen hundred games, like that was that was you know, especially back in 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 those times where more physicality was allowed to happen, like. You know, he was just—he was just a, a, a great player for for so long, and you know, yeah, he never won a Stanley Cup, he never won an individual award, but like, you got to think, and you know, in the, in the in the in the '90s and and whatnot, like he was one of the top five players at his position or even in the league for for a while, and I think when you have a player that can do that and had the impact that he did for a number of teams. I mean, I, I really don't know how, how you can look at a player that had that kind of skill, that kind of production, that kind of longevity, and just be like, nope, not, not, not Hall of Fame worthy. It's, it's kind of crazy to me. Yeah, and you could tell Ronick still has a, a lot of passion about this franchise and this fan base. Even with as poorly as it a- ended, he still loves the Blackhawks, or at least the Blackhawks fans. I had the opportunity to interview Ronick a few years ago uh, at, at a former job, and I flat out asked him what it would mean for him to have number 20 or 7 retired by the Blackhawks, and he said it would be one of the thrills of his life. It, it's very important to him. Um, so maybe that well, happens one day. I, I think that would be a very popular 
move, no doubt. But you know, again, have have the, have the, has this franchise moved on from those '80s and '90s players, and they're going to focus on the championship team players now for the next few years? Because unfortunately, those are the guys whose retirement legacy nights are going to sell more tickets when they when that's going to be their biggest goal. Is right. how do we get people in this building to watch? What's going to be a really bad team the next couple of years? Yeah, I wonder what the. I wonder if they have some sort of, um, you know, qualification uh, spreadsheet or something for Jersey retirement. <laughs> like, what Check percentage this. of your career was performed? You know, was were you a hawk? Did you win a cup here? You know, I, I don't know. It's just you're right though, Mario. That that the hosts are getting in because I think you know a month ago if we were talking about this say. Probably, maybe Hosa, you know, in the mm-hmm. conversation. And now that he's the first one, it's like, okay, let's see who else is on board. And, and we'll get to this next week uh, as Pat Foley ends his um, tenure with the Hawks. Like, they're going to have to do something for him, too. I don't know if it's a yeah. like Red Kerr as a statue in the uh, in the concourse. Maybe that's something they would do for Pat Foley. But there's going to be some sort of honoring of him as well. I think they should just name the broadcast booth the Pat Foley broadcast booth, put a nice plaque in there, and there it is. Or name it the whole press box. Yeah, name the whole press box. It's the Pat Foley press box, whatever. Uh, I Uh think they'll do something along those lines or put a little banner up for him. Or um, Can I just put the Karpatsev rant on a banner? (laughs) It's going to take up a lot of space. Just just play it on loop. (laughs) Right. Play it on loop. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it becomes no, yeah, part they, of the uh, fanfare for the common man before the game is the entire right. rant. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm for it. <laughs> yeah, they'll they'll definitely have to do some sort of commemoration around the the UC or or yeah in the press box and in, in the TV booth for for Foley just because you know you you're not going to see even even across you know all of broadcasting you're probably not going to see another another broadcaster. Um, have the kind of impact he did with with the Blackhawks for how long he he was here, um, so yeah, it, it's it's definitely something that they should do. Um, you know, whether it's a, a banner in the rafters or something like that, like at a, at a, you know, with a picture of a, a headset or a microphone or something like that. But yeah, it's 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 definitely something that the that that the team should do, especially given the way that it's kind of been a little weird. His exit, like you gotta. You got to think that they want to end this thing on a high note. Yeah, you would hope that's certainly a way to do it. Uh, before we get to some uh, listener questions, a little bit of news. Uh, this has not been made official, but it's been making the rounds, and a lot of people have asked us about it. The Blackhawks have reportedly signed uh, Swedish defenseman Philip Roos. R O O S is how you spell that last name. He's 23 years old. He is six foot three. He's 190 pounds. Uh, if I'm going to say this wrong, but Skeleftia. AIK in the Swedish Hockey League, 50 games, one goal, five assists, six points, eight penalty minutes, plus 11. Uh, it's very this, hard to translate the, European stats to the NHL, so keep that in mind. Um, is this is this official now? or No, it's not been made official. Just, oh, okay. Yeah, the reports are out that this has happened from several places. I know, Mario, you tweeted about it the other day, too. We've had a lot of questions about it, uh, waiting for it to become official, but we see it. We know about it, and we don't have a ton on Philip Roos. A couple scouting reports I've seen here uh, from Chicago Prospects on Twitter. Uh, make sure you follow that account. Uh, Wally Maz does a great job. Uh, good skater, good size and passing ability. Uh, looks like the contract would start next season uh, and end after the 2023-24 season. He'll probably spend some time in Rockford to develop his game. So 
uh, something to keep an eye on in the coming days. You know, these things are, um, they've got to be signed. These European deals are a little more complicated and the timing of these things can affect contracts. So uh, look and for that news to drop officially in a couple days. As far as I know, I believe Skeleftia is still in the SHL playoffs. So, which are still going on. Well, that so, would explain it. So yeah, so yeah, I don't think his I don't think his season is over yet. But um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what the guy can do. He's young. He's big. Um, yeah, I mean, again, you know, we we saw with with this team with Stan Bowman that they could you know unearth some European uh, players that are you know pretty pretty good. So hopefully, uh, you know, Kyle Davidson's uh, era of Blackhawks. Uh, you know, guiding the ship, he can he can do a little bit of the same, and maybe find some players that actually stick around a, bit, a little bit longer than some of the ones that uh, that that Bowman was able to unearth. And we're but also if you're, uh, if you, no, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead, Jay. No, we're, no, we're just ahead. also seeing you know more indications of what Kyle Davidson sees this team needs: size, 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 size. He keeps bringing in big big players, and yeah. uh, Roos is no exception. Yeah, I'm 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 not against that at all. Uh, if you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use the code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets for up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com and they'll be happy to help you out. And our online signup is now available in Illinois, so you can actually download the PointsBet app and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, let's get to some fan questions here uh, from Twitter. Got one here yeah. from Dan H. He says, do any of you think there's an underutilized method of acquiring talent if so what is it and why do they believe it's underutilized what can the blackhawks do to take advantage of this and dan i think uh the, the philip roos thing is a good example it's been roos it's been eric gustafson it's been artemi panarin guys signed as free agents from europe to come here and make a difference and look not everyone's going to be artemi panarin but that's the sort of thing that the blackhawks should be looking to do to bolster this team with a lack of the first round picks they have because of the Seth Jones trade. So I think that if any high profile European player is looking to come to the NHL, the Blackhawks will be on the phone with all of them. And that is one of the things that they've actually been pretty good at. The pro scouts have done a good job in Europe of identifying and bringing over NHL talent. As much as we don't love Eric Gustafson's game, he did give you a 60 point season as a defenseman and you got him for just a contract. You didn't have to trade and anything. He should have been, and he should have been flipped for a first round pick, but they uh, waited too long. They waited. That. Yeah. Yeah. So that to me is, is one of the underutilized methods. Any, you guys have any other thoughts on that? Can they turn off the salary cap? <laughs> that be that would be wonderful. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I, I think finding, finding, you know, European uh, players and prospects is, is an interesting route. I think it's, it's had success before. Like we were, like we were just saying, um, yeah, and, and Chicago should be a destination for some of those players that if they want to break into the NHL, you sign a one-year deal, you know you're probably going to get a decent opportunity at the NHL level. If you're, if you're young and have some up-and-coming skill, the Blackhawks will definitely be interested in you. So, 
Yeah, I, I think that that'll, that'll be something that they could explore. But I do think the, the best way that the Blackhawks can move forward is going to be kind of finding their own you know, gems in their own prospect system. I think that they've done a really good job of that this year, finding some players that probably can translate to the NHL level um, through Rockford. Um, we've talked about it extensively, but the, the Rockford blue line, I think there's a, enough players in there that, you know, you can find one or two, maybe three NHL regulars in the next few seasons. Um, and I think as they kind of restock the cupboards in their prospect system, they can kind of cycle through and, and find some find some players that'll be uh, homegrown and and hopefully you know part of the rebuild that can can help them get back to the top of the NHL. Yeah, as far as Blackhawks specifically, and this isn't me being a smartass, which is you know rare, but obviously the most underutilized way they've had under Stan Bowman era of acquiring talent has been through the draft. I think they need to be better there first. Um, they've had to go out and get these European guys because they've swung and missed or traded away so many draft picks over the past decade. Um, so yeah. I, I think if the Blackhawks and Kyle Davidson start hitting more on their own draft picks, then you know the European market can be to complement what you already have as opposed to trying to find guys to make up for what you missed out on. Um, so, but yeah, I, I, I have faith in the, in the European scouting department. They've, they've, they've hit more than they've missed in the recent years. So anytime they come up with somebody, I'm going to give, I'm going to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. And the, the, their, their European draft picks have been pretty decent in the last few seasons too. Even if they're here still or not, they've found right. some good players out of Europe in the draft. As long as as long as the European scout that said Henrik Borgström is going to be a really good NHL player is no longer with the team, <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> All right, this one's from uh, Big Tango Echo. They ask, who sticks around at goalie, Delia or Lankinen? Is I there mean, a third option for yeah. neither? <laughs> I mean, probably Lankinen, but I don't know. Is, is he... Is he as a slam dunk to be back as any of the goaltenders? I don't. I. I, I don't know. I. I don't. I, this is like last a, night. He, yeah. he last night he gets the loss, but like he definitely deserved better. But it's still like, I don't know. Even even though he deserved better, there were still moments of that game where it's just like, oof, man, he is still fighting the puck. Like yes, he yes. Both of I them fight the puck. Dewey yeah. and Lincoln and fight the puck a lot. Um, by the way, Lincoln, in another example of a European free agent, correct? Yes. Yeah, Anthony Niemi yeah. was one mm-hmm. too. Like, yeah, the Hawks have the Hawks have Arvid had some Soderblom. success. Yeah, anti anti Ranta. Yeah. So those are the sort of things to be looking for. Uh, but yeah, in terms of goalie, I it seems like they favor Lincoln because he's getting the bulk of the starts here down the stretch. But I, I think know, he certainly Ely- hasn't taken the job by the reins by any means. No. I think Delia's time with the Blackhawks ends the second this season ends in Buffalo. I think they're I don't think he'd even want to come back at this point after the last couple of seasons. I think he's looking for a fresh start. So out of the two, if the, one of them's coming back, my money would be on on Lankinen, but that's far from a guarantee at this point. Uh Dickie Dunn, uh, that's good writing, Dickie. He asked a question that many actually have asked us over the last few days. Have any of these Hawks that have come out of the woodwork recently commented on the Kyle Beach incident or been asked about it? 
I'm trying to think. I know what that. Is, what do they mean? What does he? What does he mean? So I, I think what he's referring to is Marion Hosa being out in front of a microphone again and not being asked about it. But I oh. feel like he was asked already. Keith commented. Taves, Kane, obviously. I don't remember if Seabrook had anything to say about it. Um, but but he was also him and Sharp were not made available to the media um, after they came out for the Taves game. So no, I don't. I just don't know what more there is to say. Um, and I know that might sound like a cop out in favor of the Hawks, like oh well, they just need to move on. But the settlements made. Kyle Beach got what he needed, uh, and hopefully he's getting a lot more, um, both you know physically and, and emotionally, all those things. Um, but I just don't know what more there is to say about it. Right. Yeah, I, I think. I think what what the question is coming from, and, and I think a lot of people have this sen- sentiment still too, and it's completely valid, is that um, are are we still going to be looking back at these players from these teams and honoring these players in the same way, knowing or not knowing how much they were, you know, involved or had knowledge of the situation at the time. Um, I think that's what people want kind of to to have some clarity on. Can they can they still cheer for Marion Hosa? Can they still cheer for Patrick Sharp when he comes back around around the team? Like things like that. Like I, I and I completely understand that. Um but yeah, to your to your point, Jay, I, I, I think it's it's kind of continuing to to dig at the at kind of opening that up again, which I really don't one I don't think the team is is obviously the team doesn't want to do they they do want to move forward while still acknowledging that they are making amends for it um but also for Kyle Beach like I I, I can't imagine it's something that you know if if Brent Seabrook or Patrick Sharp or Marion Hosa were to be asked about it and something you know something were to be made of either oh they they knew and didn't say anything or, oh, you know, of course they were going to say they didn't know anything. Whatever it would be, it would be a big deal. And for, for someone like Kyle Beach to kind of endure that news cycle again, which he won't be able to avoid, is that something that even benefits him at all to kind of keep opening up that, that um, you know, that memory? Yeah. So I, so I don't know. It's, it's, it's obviously going to be, you know, a... a, a delicate situation delicate subject and it's not going to go away anytime soon um but i i don't know like you said Jay, i don't know how much more can be gained from those guys being you know forced to answer those questions and they none of them have really said much of anything it's not like brent right. Seabrook's going to come out and say you know what yeah we did know we all knew we should have been better you know, it's going to be like, oh, yeah, well, I just kind of got the full details this summer. And, and like, look, that that might be the truth, right? Like, mm-hmm. the way locker rooms operate is it's a rumor. It's a whisper. And most guys don't want to pry and find out actually what happened. It's like, oh, well, that's not good. Let's, let's, never, let's never speak of this again. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the end of it. You know, the, the thing that bothered me was the bullying part of it. The fact that he was getting called names and razzed about it. But it doesn't mean that the entire roster was doing it. It doesn't mean that everybody on the team knew. It's mm-hmm. just... It is what it is. It's an ugly situation, and we could relitigate it forever. I just think it's important that we don't forget that it happened um, and that the organization and, and players, around, not just for the Blackhawks, but around the league learn, you know, that can't be tolerated and you need to take care of people emotionally before you worry about the game. Right. Uh, but this has been 
spoken <laughs> about to death. But a, a couple of people have asked since the host of thing and uh, and since the guys returned for Tave, so I want to make sure we addressed it. But I, I think that's all we got, fellas. Anything you want to add before we wrap up here? Nope. All right. Uh, we are presented, <laughs> no. as always, by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up and get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. We are off on Saturday. We're back Sunday for postgame. We'll be live in studio, so make sure you join us there on the YouTube page. We're going to do our best to get our schedule posted uh, via social media every week so you guys don't have to kind of find us all the time. Um, well, you'll have an indication probably Sunday nights or Monday mornings when we're going to be on. So that is a priority for us as we evolve here. Uh, so be looking for that soon and make sure you're following us on Twitter at CHGO underscore Blackhawks. You get all that, uh, info and CHGO sports is on Instagram and on TikTok. So make sure you're following us on all of our socials. But with that, for my partners, Mario Tirabasi and Greg Boyson, I'm Jay Zawoski. Thanks for listening to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.